Welcome to Be the CEO of Your Life and Business podcast with your hosts, Laura Katina and Amy Mara. This podcast was created for businesswomen in particular who are juggling pursuing their career, family life, and all of the things that come along with it. We know that building a career, running a business, and running your life can sometimes seem near impossible. In the Be the CEO of Your Life and Business podcast, Laura and Amy are going to share their experience of building their own careers as female attorneys, raising a family, and their journey to maintain wellness through it all. With more than 25 years of combined experience practicing law and years of juggling business, family, and wellness, they are about to have some very real and honest discussions about what it takes to manage it all and share tips, tools, and truth about how they make it all work. Welcome back to the Be the CEO of Your Life and Business podcast. This week, Amy and I are talking about another topic that we love, which is time management, because managing our time has really been one of the main things that has helped us, aside from our morning routines, of course, to manage all of the things that we have to manage in a 24-hour period with work, you know, kids, family life, and everything that goes along with that. So we have found that managing our time just makes life a little bit easier. You know, one thing that is so important to recognize is that you have to be intentional, right, about managing your time because it's very easy. You know, everybody's so busy. It's very easy to just fly out of bed, let the day control you, jump from one fire to the next. Um, and then at the end of the day, you turn around and you say, what did I even do today? Right. I, I've, I've had plenty of those days. Have you? <laughs> oh, oh my God. Well, yesterday was a day just like that. I was like, wait, what? What just happened? It's five o'clock? Okay. <laughs> yes. It happens to everybody, but if you manage your time, it could happen to you less often. So um, my practice that I've developed over the years is I think I said in an earlier episode, so I have three kids and you know I've always worked full time. Amy and I are now building this firm. And if I did not sit down and have intentional planning time for my weeks, it would be a complete disaster. So the one thing that really keeps me on track is I use a time blocking tracker um, from our favorite social media um, gurus, Chic Influencer. I use their time blocking tracker. And what I do is on Sunday, I sit down and I look at the week and I see you know, what I have coming up, what I need to focus on. And I look at each day and I write everything in the planner. Um, and then, you know, then I can see where I have to allocate my time during the week. Um, some weeks it's more work. Um, some weeks it's more about the kids cause we have all this baseball going on right now, but sitting down and doing that on Sunday allows me to see what I have uh, coming up during the week. And it makes my le- weeks a lot less stressful. If you don't do that, there's just so much more stress than there has to be. But not only do I sit down on Sunday and look at my whole week, but every morning before I start my work day, I will look at that specific day in the planner and I highlight personal and work time. So it, it has time blocks of one hour. So those blocks of time that are going to be personal, I highlight them in yellow. And then my work time, I highlight in pink. And each morning I sit down and I say, okay, how many hours do I have to work today? Um, so today is, I think around seven, I did it this morning, seven hours to get everything in today, which should be plenty of time. Um, but if I didn't do that, the days would be a lot more chaotic, um, and a lot less organized. Right. 
Right. Totally. I mean, I think that the other favorite phrase that we have is that you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And it's so true in so many aspects of your life. And when it comes to business in particular, you need to set aside that time to plan. So many people say like, oh, I'll just deal with it when it gets to me, or I will just deal with that problem when we get there. But there can be so much of that guesswork and so much of that emergency crisis mode that can be avoided when you just map out what you have coming up or even the best thing that I do when I feel really overwhelmed and I feel like I'm losing that sense of control in my management of all the things that I have to do, I do a brain dump and I take out a pad of paper and I write down everything that is occupying my mind. You know, for me, for business, that's things that I have to do for my clients, things that I have to do for the administrative side of things, things that I need to do in, you know, my networking and business development. And I literally write it all down. And I try not to get overwhelmed as I'm writing things. And I certainly don't stop to start doing some of those things. I wait until the list is completely filled up, which could be like a page and a half, two pages. Right. And, but at a minimum, then I can say, okay, now everything is on a piece of paper. Now, where does it go? What, where, where on that list of priority and where do I need to fit it into my physical schedule? Um, do each of these action items have to go? It's so important. And, you know, especially if you're a business owner, um, you know, you have so many different responsibilities. Um, I have found it really helpful to every morning I make, and I forget where I learned this from one of my favorite professional development gurus. I think it was Brenda Richard. Um, I have two lists every day. One list on the left is my must do. And those are things that I have to do that day. Um, so I usually do them first thing in the morning because, you know, as the day goes on, it's easy for the day to get away from you, especially if you have, have kids and you're trying to manage your family life. So I have my must do list. And then on the other side, a piece of paper, I have a to do list. Those are all the other things that need to get done at some point in time. But if I don't get them done today, it's fine because it's not an emergency. Right. And I will look at the day before, see what I got done that day. And if there's things that I need to carry over to my list from today, I'll do that. And it really keeps me on track. And it also helps me to look back and see what I like, look back at the prior week, see what I got done. And you'll be able to see maybe if you need to allocate your time differently. Oh yeah. Because totally. it's so easy for the days to get away. So Amy and I, you know, have our own firm. We both have kids at home. I'm juggling all the sports games all the time on top of everything else. And so doing the time blocking really helps me to focus on what I need to do for an upcoming week, for a specific day, um, so that I know like when the day is over, you know, I can feel better when I see that I have gotten like all my must do's done. Um, I also at the end of the day will look back to see what I got done that day. Um, because then I can figure out, okay, do I need to put that on my list for tomorrow? Or can it wait till the end of the week? Or can it take, you know, can I do it another day? Um, it really helps me, you know, keep my life in order and to stay on track. What are your practices that help you, Amy? One of the um, most recent practices that I encountered was a practice that um, was created by Stephen Covey, who is um, the author of... Um, a, a, an incredible good book. If anybody has read this, they will agree with me. If you haven't read it, go out and pick it up. It's the seven habits of highly effective people. 
And one of the habits that he talks about in there is actually a time management um, habit. And he breaks it down into a matrix. So this is a little more like high level, just bear with me here because I'm going to explain it. Um, and you might need to see it visually because I'm a super visual person. So don't mind if you take out a pen or a piece of paper right now. Um, but so what it is, is it's a, it's a square. You draw a square on a piece of paper and you divide that square into four equal quadrants. That is his time management matrix, okay? And across the top, you would write um, urgent and not urgent in both those columns. And then on the left-hand side, you would write important and not important, okay? So that the first top left quadrant would be the urgent and important um, items. Then quadrant two would be not urgent but important which would be on the, the right-hand side on the top. The bottom left would be urgent, but not important. And then the bottom right is not urgent and not important. And when I tell you that my mind was blown when I saw this actually written out in this form format, immediately I'm looking at it and I'm saying, oh, well, the urgent and important things, those have to be the most important things that you have to do every day, right? Like that's quadrant one that's where i'm going to focus all of my energy on when in fact it's really quadrant two it's those urgent items excuse me not urgent items but important items that you want to focus the most of your time on um i would highly recommend everybody taking a, a quick look you can google it you can go out and grab this book but it's an incredible matrix to really put things in perspective that when things are emergencies or they're crises or you're dealing with something that is completely unforeseeable, those are the things that are going to be urgent and super important to address. But one of the things that Stephen Covey talks about is, is that you can start to minimize that happening in quadrant one, those urgent and important things, if you plan better or if you start to be proactive, or if you can really set up your day so that you have a little bit of wiggle room in your day, that if something emergent comes up, you won't be scrambling to try and get everything else done and out of the way. Um, so for the purposes of time management and talking about how to set yourself up for the best success, you have to take the time to actually manage. I think we talked about this in a previous episode, Laura, when we were talking about business partners and you said this yeah. best, you said that you have to plan for the worst when things are going the best. And that holds true here too, because if you're trying to, so in the middle of a work day that is just so overwhelming and so stressful, because you have absolutely no plan, no direction. If you try to drop a footnote and try to, start to plan in the midst of this chaos, it's not going to work. Nope. I mean, it might help just a tad because maybe you can refocus a bit, but you can't be really effective in managing your time if you don't set aside time to manage your time. It's really, I mean, that's everything. It's everything. Planning is everything. Like, you know... <laughs> I've had a, a crazy week, you know, I, on the day we're recording this, I had a medical procedure yesterday, so I wasn't working, but I knew, so I knew going into this week that I was essentially missing a full day of work. Right. So I had to time block better for the week to account for the fact that I 
wasn't going to be able to work yesterday. I didn't schedule anything for yesterday. I, I got everything done earlier in the week that I knew I had to do this week and then made today a lighter day so that I, unless something urgent comes up, which I doubt, so that I can just do what I need to do today. It's like a light schedule. I knew we wanted to try to record podcasts today. So I just basically left the day open. But if I hadn't planned on Sunday for this upcoming week, accounting for that day yesterday, it would have been a disaster. Could you imagine for a second, just putting yourself in those shoes of like Wednesday sitting there and then all of a sudden turning to your Thursday calendar and be like, Oh, that's right. I have a procedure tomorrow. Oh, okay. Like, no, I mean, I remember that there was a time that that literally happened to me where I'd be like, Oh my gosh, I completely forgot. But now making sure that I take that time earlier on, it just helps me not stress out. You know, you said this best when you started, we started this podcast. Life is chaotic. There are so many things that we are trying to juggle. All the best that we can do is try to just set ourselves up with the best intentions, the best choices, the best plans so that when emergencies happen, we know we have something to fall back on. Okay. I got to shift gears, deal with the emergency, but then I can come back and I can come back to my regularly scheduled programming. And something that's so interesting about the matrix that you talked about is defining what's urgent and what's not. Oh yeah. Because you, I think if you do that, you will find that most things are not urgent. Like emails, folks. Right. Emails, they come in and they are urgent because they just pop into our inbox and our notifications go off and then phone calls and then meetings and we need to have a meeting about this or we need to have a call about this. But characterizing whether or not they're really important in the grand scheme of your day and realizing that is going to be the game changer. And that leads us to the second part of this conversation today, which is what things can you delegate? What things can you, you know, the, the true marker of being the CEO of your life and in your, in your business is being able to establish what kind of control you have realizing where you're going to best serve your team, your company, your clients, everybody. And a lot has to do with time management and, you know, serving your talents and what things are your priorities. But it's also having the wherewithal to say that if there are items that should not be handled by me because they can be handled by a very capable person on my team who should be responsible for those activities, then it's time to delegate. And I know, Laura, you just, we talked about this recently about on, onboarding a paralegal to help with certain delegating of tasks that we have. Um, you know, you reached a point where you said to me, Amy, I really think that we need to onboard somebody because we need to keep, you know, delegating the things that we can't continue to spend time on. And the way I figured that out, I don't know if you remember, the way I figured that out, so this is, I needed somebody to really help me with um, my real estate practice. Um, because it's been very busy, a lot of deals going on, and it's a lot to manage. So I sat down, because of course you have to think about the financial aspect of it also, is it going to be worth it to pay somebody else to do these things? So I sat down and I made a list of all of the closings that I've done over the last year. And I looked at, because I keep you know track of all my time um, in a program that we have, I looked at how many hours I had spent on each closing and wh whether it would be worth it to hire somebody to help me um, 
to deal with some of the mundane stuff that I, that anybody can do. Right. right. So that doesn't have to be me. I have to do the contract. I have to do all the legal aspects of it. But I realized that having somebody to do all the other stuff, follow up emails, follow up phone calls, forms to fill out, stuff like that, um, was really, really necessary and worth it. And side note, I hate delegating. I hate it. I do. <laughs> I would rather just be able to do everything myself. I know yeah. it's done. Um, but that's just not, it's not the best use of your time. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense to delegate the things to other people that you can't do yourself. And I think this goes for your personal life and work life. Mm-hmm. So I figured out, excuse me, that, um, you know, in my work life, I needed a little help. So we have a paralegal now that helps me with the stuff that, you know, she can do that I don't need to be doing. So I can spend my time on other things. Um, but personally, for the last 14 years, I have a woman that comes to clean my house because that was just something that I didn't have to do. Um, but it, it frees me up to do other things that I need to do with the kids, you know, at work. Um, so looking at the things in your life that you, of course, can do, but aren't necessary for you to be doing, if you can make that choice to, you know, delegate to other people, it really is going to change your life. Yeah. And, and just having that wherewithal that it's okay to ask for that help too. It's okay to- Which I'm also horrible at. <laughs> oh my gosh, we, you know, women in general are programmed and I'm reading an incredible book. It's so funny that this is coming up right now. The chapter that I was just reading specifically talked about this this morning. Um, during my morning routine, which happened what before, it? the man, it's the book, it's, it's called Brave Not Perfect. And it's by Reshma Shaujani. And she has an incredible TED talk that she has done. And I actually was first introduced to her through the TED talk that I watched of her. But she is the CEO of a um, nonprofit organization called Girls Who Code because she was, long story short, she was campaigning for political office. And as she was going through different schools and realizing the disparity between boys and girls in certain computer science classes and mathematics and science and, and whatnot, there was a real disparity. And so she started this company called Girls Who Code. She's incredible. Her, her book is incredible, but it talks specifically to this point of women being so terrible about asking for help. I shouldn't say so terrible. That was a little dramatic, but we are <laughs> terrible at asking for help. And it's part of it is some hardwiring and some programming that we had when we were younger to want to be people pleasers, to want to do everything, to not have to be a burden on anybody else. And when you're in business and when even in your own life, you can't expect the growth that you want if you want to make real growth without taking the time to ask for help, without taking the, the you know, note of those items that you really could delegate to other people on your team. So it's incredible that this just came up. I highly recommend the book. Go get it. It's phenomenal. I have to, I'm going to add it to my list of books that I need to read. <laughs> yeah. But um, I think that, you know, the other part about delegating too that I learned as well is that when you're delegating, make sure too that you are delegating from a place of you know some baseline level of what needs to be done and you're giving it to somebody else rather than, I don't know how to do that, I can't handle it, I'm just going to shove it off onto somebody else because 
that too can also create issues, you know, with trying to expect certain things from your team members when you don't necessarily know how to tackle those certain activities or tasks. So this is a much larger conversation that um, you, you should have in your team, in your partnership about how to best decide what are the tasks that me, that I am the best at doing and which ones can I give to another team member and make sure that the lines of communication stay open. And it's also important to recognize you can't be egotistical about it. Like, mm-hmm. yes, you, you can, of course you can do it yourself. Anything that I delegate to somebody else, um, all this real estate stuff that I'm dealing I can do it myself. So you have to be able to let go of that control and recognize that just because you are <clears throat> delegating a task to somebody else doesn't mean that you can't do it. It just means that you want to maximize your time and function um, as effectively as you can, especially, you know, in your business. And you're passing the baton to somebody else <laughs> to totally. you know, let them help you with it. Because if you don't, and I operated like this for, you know, since I went out on my own, I, you know, had somebody to help me with like accounting type stuff, which is not my specialty. But other than that, I was doing everything all day, every day. And when Amy and I became partners, we were still doing the same thing. Like we were doing everything. And it got to a point where I had to say to myself, okay, yes, I can do all these things. Is it the best use of my time? No. Right. No. And if you're using your time more effectively, you know, you will get so much more done. Having somebody help me with this stuff has been an incredible help because it's one less thing that I have to do myself. But you need to get to that place. You can't, we can't say it enough. You have to plan. Like I literally sat down and looked at my hours. How many hours was I spending on these deals? And it was a lot. And a lot of it is something that our paralegal can do for me. And one more thing about tracking the time and, and about delegating, and this ties into it. There are certain things that you are going to do to develop yourself as a professional or develop yourself in your career. So for example, both Laura and I are very active members of the Bar Association for our local community, for our county. And we do that because not only does it help us personally and professionally to be completely engaged with, you know, the legal community like this, but it's really good for us as professional women to be a part of these associations and to give back to our fellow colleagues in the community. There are certain things that might not be quote unquote billable time. You know how much we love that phrase. It might not be billable, but it's also super important to you. So I highly recommend taking a look at the matrix that I was talking about earlier today, because when you start to recategorize your daily activities and say, well, this might not be making me money or adding to my bottom line, it's also adding to me personally. And that has a value to it. And you can't dismiss that. You can't just say just because it's not making you money doesn't mean that it's a value to you. The only way that you're going to get to that narrowing down and you're going to realize that is by taking stock of what you do on a daily basis, keeping track of those activities, writing down what you have coming up, and then planning accordingly. And you could find it, you know, talking about the Bar Association and how much time we spend with it. We're both on the board of directors, I'm the treasurer. We have all these different committees that the bar has. Um, It's easy to fall into a trap of just saying yes to everything. Mm-hmm. And because you want to, like we, lo- I love being part of the bar association um, and working on committees and doing all those different things. But you have to sit down and look at your time. Are there things that you're committing to that 
are not that important. You would love to do it because it's fun, but is it really a priority? So you might down and sit, you might sit down and look at your, your time and say, wow, I need to cut out A, B, and C. And that will free up more of your time. You can slide it into your time blocking yep. <laughs> and, you know, just find time to do other things that are more important and more relevant to where you are in your life now. So right? I guess to wrap up for today, we should leave with these points. First is time management is all about intentionality. Um, and it's about planning. And our favorite phrase, like I said before, is that if you fail to plan, you should plan to fail. So make sure that you set aside that time that you are actually actively planning and not doing the activities that are on your to-do list. Um, second would be to take a look at, at a time blocker. Laura, I know that you, if somebody reached out to you, you would absolutely share whatever time blocking tracker you use and take a look at other practices that other people are using and see if they work for you, you know, like a time tracker so that you could see it visually and blocking out your days. Um, Maybe we can put in the, uh, in the show notes, um, a link to the planner that I started using. Now I just print out the tracking sheet, you know, off my computer, but they have a whole planner that is really incredible for um, time management purposes. So maybe we will uh, put the, the link to purchase that planner in the show notes. I think that might be really helpful for people. I think so too. And then really taking stock of what are the urgent and important items that are on your to-do list that actually have to be taken care of? And how are you gonna fit those into your time management plan? Whatever your time management plan looks like. And lastly is taking stock of those items that you are doing on a daily basis and making sure that you delegate the ones that are delegable and don't need you in order to perform them. While you might be capable and you can do all the things, cause you know, Laura and I, we're, we're working moms just like you guys are. We, do, we can do all the things. It's on every mug and t-shirt out there, but you don't have to do all the things. Right. And sometimes you shouldn't do all the things. Right. So, Figure out what you can delegate in your life, in your business. It's going to set you up to be able to be present and to do the things that you need to get done and get those things accomplished. Yeah, definitely. Um, I hope these tips are helpful for you. These are tips that Amy and I have incorporated into our own lives. Um, we wouldn't recommend anything that we had not tried first. And it has, the time blocking, especially for me, has really, really helped me. Um, so check it out, try it. Maybe it will help you. Thank you for spending some time with us today. And we'll talk to you during the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to the Be the CEO of Your Life and Business podcast. If you have not already done so, be sure to leave us a rating and review so that we can reach even more businesswomen just like you. We will see you again next Monday for a brand new episode.